This is Coda Radio, episode 391 for December 7th, 2020. Well, hello there, and welcome into Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and the world of technology. This episode is brought to you by a cloud guru. That's right, the leader in hands-on cloud learning. The only way to learn a new skill is by doing. That's why ACG provides hands-on labs for cloud Linux servers and much more. Get your hands cloudy at a cloudguru.com. My name is Chris, and joining us right now with the tracking page up for his new M1 MacBook, it's our host, Mr. Dominic. Hello, Mike. Hello, and yes, I am tracking it. Have, have you been checking in on the on the order status? Yeah, they keep changing the date. It's kind of crazy. No, really? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's gonna oh, be I'm sorry to hear that. I, I I ordered my X1 Carbon, and they continue to change the dates on me too. So we're playing the same game right now. Yeah, I'm waiting, just sitting here waiting. You'd think they'd have this figured out by now. I'm excited because today I'm going to um, I'm going to do something that I always thought would be a great idea when we brought the show back. And that is we're going to get into a little bit of the small business side of the shop. And uh, Jupiter Broadcasting just a little while ago passed the three-month mark of being demerged and independent again. And uh, that's super exciting. I just got to say it's been it's been a long, challenging process, but we crossed that special three-month threshold. And I had my first total crisis of faith where I question my, all my decisions, Uh-oh. and I want to tell you about what happened, and we'll get to that a little bit in the hoopla today. Uh, and then after that, I'm not kidding, I'm leaving the studio, and I'm going to go out in the woods for a week. <laughs> I'm going to go live in the woods for a week, and that's how I'm going to feel better. <laughs> <laughs> but we did get a whole bunch of feedback. Um, last week's episode ended up costing me a bunch of money, too, but we'll get to that, because I think we got to do some good uh, right off the top here for Steven. He's sick and tired. He says, guys... I'm so tired. How do we educate those in purchasing positions or influence-heavy marketing positions to stop spending development money so unwisely? Recently, my company was asked to take a look at another, quote, we've spent a fair bit of money approaching six figures and our app and site is crap and still isn't close to being ready. What went wrong type of projects? Like one of those postmortems, but it's still alive. It's bad. Our potential client was sold on local development services, but it's painfully clear that whoever they went with outsourced the whole damn thing. Outsourcing has its place. My my company won't do it because I understand what it takes to be successful there, and I'd rather just invest the money here. But I'm tired of people coming to us because they were bamboozled. They paid for a product with expectations. I don't care if you're outsourcing to help achieve your client's vision. It's on you. What I do care about is when you tell your client that you're doing the work when you're not, And then when you're doing a bad job of communicating your client's expectations and you're not properly overseeing the developers. And really, I feel like this has become more of an anti-outsourcing rant. And while that's what I'm dealing with right now, it's not the only thing I've seen this year with similar backstory. I just don't know why as developers we feel like we're always, always required to say yes to every client request. And it's so painfully obvious when a company or individual accepts a job so far out of their comfort zone. But It's that thing that I feel like I have to keep coming back to. You just have to be honest and be real about timelines. I don't really know what I'm looking for here besides venting to you guys through my bottle of whiskey. (laughs) Uh, But I'm sure you both have dealt with this in your careers. But it really is wearing on me now more than ever. I love the show, guys. I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this idea of sort of subcontracting because I think when done right, 
it's actually a decent way for a team to fill out a skills gap they might have on their team to sort of complete a project. But when done wrong, it leads to what this guy is seeing, and it kind of labels all kind of outsourcing as shit. Yeah, subcontracting is tough. Yeah. Yeah, because you always need enough delta in what you're charging and what you're paying for it to actually make sense for both you and the sub, or if you're the sub for you and the prime, right? So how does he communicate this to them? Because that's what his core challenge is, is how he communicates to the people who make decisions, the people of positions of influence, as he puts it, to spend the money on the right team. Like if you had a moment to go inside and show a client what what was right about picking, say, your shop over another shop, what insights would there be to give them? I mean, what, what leverage could he possibly have in this situation? It's really tough because on one level, differentiation for development shops is kind of the challenge, right? It's very, very hard. Sure. Because, uh, you know, reasonably, I mean, do you have like a special technology you use? Do you have a, uh, I don't know, like a pre-bundled like open source thing that you made yourself or even proprietary thing but ultimately if you're comparing apples to apples it is kind of just going to be you know the cut of the sales dude's jib right yeah and your influence in the company is what that's like that's why people kind of inside companies fight for influences so they have some input over these decisions and i think this is the part of the dark matter developer the role of the dark matter developer that I could really connect with is being, it would just make me miserable to have this stuff out of my control. You know, I'd be up drinking whiskey and emailing a podcast too, because it would just drive me absolutely insane. And I feel bad for you, Steven, stick with it. There is uh, you know, there's probably silver lining, you know, you, you probably, you probably have a pretty good job overall, but it is essentially, you have to figure out what would work for your business, what kind of presentation you could do. It's a, it's a question that's really hard for us to answer. Um, but you did say something in there that I thought maybe we could help with. And so I wanted to focus on that for a moment. He says, uh, I'd always be up for a chat. Maybe we could start a, develop- a developer happy hour uh, so we can all get a little tipsy and vent. <laughs> Dev therapy. I actually thought, you know, that's not a bad idea. No, it's not. We could actually do something around that. So uh, the Coda Radio Show is moving to a new live time. The live stream is going to start at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. And then the show will start at 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. So there'll be about a half hour there that we'll start up the stream. I'll be there. I'll have uh, some I'll have some drinks going. If you care, you can come in and have a seat and join me at the virtual table. And uh, we can uh, chat in the chat room before the show starts. And then when Mike gets there, we'll uh, start the show up. And, of course, Mike's always welcome to join us early if, if life and time allow. And so that'll be starting on Mondays next week at 5 Pacific. 8 Eastern, and we'll put it at jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. It'll be an evening vibe for the Coda Radio Show, uh, where we'll be sitting back and sipping and uh, telling stories. I think it'll be it'll be a big tone change for me, but I think in a good way, because right now this is still kind of my morning uh, as we record, and uh, that'll, that'll be squarely in my late afternoon evening, the same for you. So we could, you know, who knows? We may say things we wouldn't normally say during the day. Ho, 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 like laughter hours under the covers. That's right. It's Coda, it's Coda Radio After Dark. So join us uh, at jblive.tv next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern and uh, hang out with us. There you go, Stephen. Maybe, uh, maybe that'll help. It'll give you a place. Because, you know, I was thinking about this and a lot of people got to be going through this. With all the working from home and the lockdowns, it's just got to be a lot of extra missing of of connections and communication and commiserating and all of that stuff that we as social animals, even people like me who are a bit of an introvert, 
at, uh, at least, you know, in real life, have to deal with. So join us next week. Parker writes in. He says, hey, guys, uh, I just wanted to write in and talk about the new Pangolin. I think, how do you say it? The, the, the new laptop from System76? Pangolin? Or Pangolin? Okay. I don't know. I made it up. He says, I've been avoiding the concept of getting a new computer for a while. <laughs> My desktop supports me just fine, and I've been looking at a System76 laptop for a while. Then maybe I could sit in other places besides my desk, you know, change it up because it starts to affect his posture after a while. I've been holding off because I'm a red gamer <laughs> and uh, these laptops are green and blue, which is code for NVIDIA and Intel, if you didn't know, Mike. Mm. Uh, but now, did you know? Did you already know that? That Team Red was... I knew Red was AMD, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> but he says, now that they have a red laptop, an AKA AMD laptop, well, I mean, I'm totally not going to get one because... Yeah, I'm totally not going to get one, he says. I think you should go for it, Parker. That there's Just after I ordered my X1, a new contender from System76, an AMD-based system, came out. And uh, it's got you know a Ryzen mobile chipset in there, and it looks really good. Uh, my, my, my final purchasing decision came down to a Thunderbolt and uh, a 1440p screen. But and that has a 1080p screen, but it looks really nice. And if you look, if you're looking for something to play some games and have 1080p resolution and run Linux out of the box, yeah, I think like Parker, you should be taking a look at it. And um, you know, let us know if you get one, so that way we can drool over it. I'd like to see it. Todd, we had a lot of emails that came in, so I'm just going to kind of summarize some of them because we'll be in feedback all day. <laughs> um, let's see. I thought it was nice we we heard back from Shad who wrote it in 389 and he was kind of he wasn't sure if he should uh try to like grow his business and and bring somebody on and take a loss for for a while but in, in attempts to build up the business and have somebody else or if he should just sort of focus and productize well he says thanks for the feedback guys just to follow up uh i work by the way because he didn't mention it he's working on a uh, platform a crm platform that's focuses that focuses on sugar crm and it's open source variant sweet crm but he thinks he might have been avoiding mentioning it because he didn't want to get shamed for using PHP. Do we do that anymore around here? No, we love you, PHP people. Yeah. I mean, you know, once PHP, see, PHP has has crossed over and become the underdog again. Right. It, it's got a VM called Hip Hop. And who doesn't <laughs> like that? Straight from the streets of the P to the hyper to the P. Yeah. PHP from the streets. That's right. He said uh, he said he wanted to thank us because he, we kind of narrowed in on what his problem was. He says, I think I got caught up. And this is one of the reasons I wanted to read this on the show, because maybe this would help somebody else. He says, I think I got caught up in the thought that small business owners always need to be hustling and grow at all costs. There is a marketplace for selling third-party add-ons, and I've done reasonably well selling there. Mike's suggestion of productizing a more complete version for specific industries is a really good idea, and I do think there is some potential there. So thanks a lot. I'm really excited that the show is back. Chad. And that piece he said there where I think I got caught up in the idea that you always have to be hustling, bring in as much revenue as possible, don't let any stone remain unturned, uh, is a mentality that I think is really easy to get into as a small business owner. Because revenue means more success for your family. It means your business can execute on the things it wants, security. But what are your thoughts kind of for yourself there? Is a lifestyle business a, a shameful thing to admit to? No, I like the lifestyle business thing. You know, I used to be very growth oriented, but honestly, with growth comes more headaches. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's super. Yeah. What do you, What is your take? Well, just that, you know, um, I mean, I was just thinking about this. Every show we bring on brings on exponentially more work for me, even if I'm not on the show. 
uh, because there's just more to do. There's more there's more uh, advertising agreements that have to be made, more selling and sponsoring that has to be done. There's more scheduling that needs to happen. Just supporting the scale, the size of the business becomes a full-time job. And that, I think, is where I start to see diminishing returns. Um, and it's because at that point, you have to start delegating and you have to start spinning off to other to other roles. But when you're in when you're in a niche software development shop or uh, um, market or a niche podcast market, sometimes those aren't your options, and so you have to consider what might be a different route to go. Ah, oh, well, Shad, thank you for writing in. Keep us up to date on how things turn out for you, my friend. I'm glad to hear that you're having some resolution with it, though. And then I'm going to summarize just the last batch of emails we got into oh my god keyboards. I ended up buying two keyboards. <laughs> After yesterday's, or I mean, after last week's show. You bought two? Which two? I bought two. I'll tell you. So number one is is just, it's ridiculous. And uh, G wrote in, and um, I resent G. Uh, 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 G is going to have to get blocked on Telegram now. Uh, but he said he was super happy with his ultimate hacking keyboard. He's had it for two years. And I thought, okay, ultimate hacking keyboard. Okay, sure. He says, the price made me hesitate for a year before getting it. I haven't regretted it once. In fact, quite the opposite. I'm now planning to get the next version so I can have one at home and one at the office. So this keyboard, you're going to have to go look at it. I have a link in the show notes or you go to ultimatehackingkeyboard.com and look at this Cadillac. First of all, just soak those wood armrests in. Look at that. Look at that beautiful backlight on the keys and then notice how it can snap apart into a split ergonomic keyboard or it can snap back together into a single keyboard. Damn. And then when you split it apart, you can attach things like a trackpad or a trackball or additional keys to the middle gap. And it has all the tilting, um, negative and positive, tenting and tilting that you'd want uh, for RSI. It's really cool. It's got a metal base. It has programmable keys, programmable lights. It's beautiful. They say it's an investment that will last the only problem is, is that you have to pre-order them. They're not even shipping for like uh, ever. <laughs> and when you do order it, it's essentially $300 keyboard. God damn. So I got one. Of course you did. <laughs> Look at it, Mike. I know, but. Look at it. Damn, dude. Yeah, well, it's, here's my thinking is I, I've got a keyboard that was like the free keyboard that came with our PC three years ago, <laughs> kind of keyboard. I'm like, it's time to replace that one. Hot garbage. Yeah. But I have no justification for the next one that I got. The next one came from Wasabi Burger on Twitter. And he says that he found that the keyboards he's going to recommend, the Keychrons, met all the requirements where I was talking about I want the right size where it still has arrow keys, but I don't need the number pad. I'd like it to be wireless, but I'd also like it to be backlit. Well, that's where Keychron comes in. And these are really well-priced keyboards, mechanical keyboards that look beautiful. And I decided to pick up the Keychron K3 Ultra Ultra Slim wireless keyboard, which is 70 bucks. And it'll be coming much sooner, obviously. And it's it's a beautiful looking keyboard too. And it really fits exactly what I want in a keyboard for a small space. So when are you using one over the other? Different locations. You know, I got different machines like home office and studio office. And then I have the machines in the studio, which have really garbage keyboards. After we got this feedback from people, I had this realization. It's like, this is something I'm physically touching all day long to interact with my computer. And it improves the experience of using the computer. And it improves 
like just the general tactile experience, it kind of seems like if you're going to spend money on a on a on a component of your setup, I think there's a lot a lot of good argument to be made. You should you should spend that money on input devices and the display. So now I'm getting all new displays. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was gonna say, and where where's the 4K monitor coming in? I was waiting for. I'm like, is, is he gonna say he's gonna get an LG or like one of the fancy Dell Ultra? I'm all about the 1440p. I'm all about it. That's a respectable size. Mm-hmm. I like it because you know you don't have to double. You don't have to pixel double. You still fit a ton on the screen. It's easier on the GPU. And then we also, by the way, we got a comment for the Unicomp Model M, and it sounds like what it is. It is essentially a keyboard inspired by the old IBM PS2 keyboards with the original buckling springs and the original clacky keyboard, the OG. And uh, they sell one now that's based on that. And I mean, this is a six pound keyboard. Okay. This is a self-defense Second Amendment keyboard. (laughs) You could kill a dude with this keyboard. Seriously, if you smacked him across the face. So uh, the Unicomp new Model M will have a link in the show notes too. Uh, if you still want to get your word in on keyboards, although I'm, I can't buy any more. This is ridiculous. You could use at least two more. Two more. Yeah. <laughs> if one for every HomePod. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Coder.show slash contact. I'm sure you could doggle that up. Don't even get me started on on uh, the HomePods. Well, I, I actually haven't got any more. I'm, I'm good. You sure? I've reached maximum speaker density, I think. I, uh, I, I could probably get one or two more, but I'm not going to. I'm just not going to because it's crazy. It's ridiculous, and there's no need for it. I don't have stock in HomePods, you know, but I do have I do have a few keyboards on the way. And one of them isn't even going to ship until like early next year. So I'll just completely have forgotten about it. by then. <laughs> It'll just show up. Oh, yeah, that keyboard I ordered. That's right. I forgot about that. Linode.com slash coder. Simplify your cloud infrastructure with Linode's Linux virtual machines and tools. Linode is the largest independent cloud for developers. There are cloud hosting provider. JB 3.0 is built on Linode. They have native SSD storage, 40 gigabit network connections, revamped easy-to-use cloud manager that just rocks. And if you want to just plug it in with wider infrastructure management, they have that too. You can easily manage your Kubernetes clusters with Linode's fully managed container orchestration engine. Of course, they also support Terraform. We use Terraform for the self-hosted systems that we're going to be like uh, setting up a server to do a, a demo or a test for the show. Use Terraform to build all that stuff now. And they have a 99.9% uptime SLA. So when you look at AWS or Google Cloud or Azure, who will often cost 30 to 50% more, who haven't been around as long, they just they stand out as an incredible value. But if you go to linode.com slash coder, you get a $100 60-day credit towards a new account. Now, the, the base rate's $5 a month, right? But with $100, you could build something really impressive. We, we've built out our whole new NextCloud, like our next-level hybrid NextCloud setup using a combination of a Linode front-end server to run NextCloud and then object storage for the back-end. So we have an infinitely expandable NextCloud storage. We're we're never going to run out of space. We're never going to get surprised and and have a project fail to upload, which will leave us on air without that file. It's happened in the past with traditional ways of doing things. But with Linode, you can mix and manage things. You can have a load balancer. You can have a cloud firewall. You can have object storage. And then there's an API to manage all of it. And one of the ways I use the API is just using their simple Linode command line client. It makes it really fast and simple to spin systems up, do reboots, but also manage that object storage. So I can put a file up to an object storage, flip it public, and generate a URL, and I never have to put a server in front of it. That's wicked cool. 
Oh, and also, Linode is often hiring, so be sure you keep an eye on linode.com slash careers to find out more there. They started in 2003 as one of the first companies in cloud computing. And now look at them. They're the largest independently owned cloud provider, founded on a love for Linux and open source technologies. And now they support things like the Coda Radio podcast, and they make it possible for this here independent podcast to be free for our audience. That's pretty awesome. So thank you to everybody who supports our sponsor, and thank you to Linode for making it possible for the Coder Radio program to be free. Linode.com slash Coder. I have to confess, I wanted to, I wanted to do check-ins from time to time on, on lessons learned in the business space on the Coder Radio program. And I, I kind of had a mistake happen. I guess you could call it a mistake. It sort of led to a crisis of faith in the entire decision process that I'd made. Oh, man. And you might think it was like the lack of health insurance during a pandemic. Right. That would be, yep, that would be my first <laughs> guess. No, it wasn't that. I think, see, I thought it kind of started with some damn swag, but then a, a swag project. But then when I started looking at it, I realized what it really was, was the naive idea that led to the swag idea. You see, when before I pulled the trigger on all this independent stuff, I thought, it's going to be about three months until Black Friday after we go independent. And I can probably I can probably have some kind of Jupiter Broadcasting swag that's up available for sale and maybe even as a Black Friday discount. We haven't done swag for two years. When we were part of Linux Academy, we stopped doing swag. And it's something we love doing. I mean, I you know, you and I will often talk about like I've got my Coda Radio coaster right here. I've got the Coda Radio 200 poster on the wall in, in the, on the hallway into the studio. That's right. I love our swag. And I really wanted to do it. I thought, oh, this will be great. I'll finally have an opportunity. But also, it'll be a nice little way to generate revenue because realistically, the first three months of restarting a business that's just – it's its different than building a business from scratch. It was literally an already moving object, right? We already had shows on the airs. We had relationships in place. So it was one day a switch was flipped, and now it's an independent operation. And you have to go from zero to 100 because NDAs are in place, and you can't really can't really preemptively do much because of NDAs and whatnot, right? So it was, it was an interesting environment. I'm very fortunate, really. I'm very fortunate. I still feel very fortunate that all of this worked out, that, you know, we, that a cloud guru worked with me, and we came to a deal to make this possible. So I felt like... It was in some ways it was a burden to start, uh, you know, just have to hit the ground running. But in other ways, it's like, well, at least I have proven properties and, you know, name and a brand and all of that. Like, so I was really grateful for it all to happen. And I I wouldn't want to do it differently. There wouldn't be any other way to do it differently. But I knew these first three months it was going to be lean (laughs) revenue wise, you know. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Bone stew. Yeah, and I knew, you know, no paycheck, and I was just gonna. I had I'd saved up some money, and so I was. I have been living off that, but and thankfully over the last few months, I've gotten paid twice, and you know, and it's not been a full like paycheck, but it's been something, and um, that's that's amazing. But I thought this swag would land, and that would kind of close the revenue gap and get us going on the right track, and then we'd be hit 2021 revenue positive, but there was never any swag to sell, right? I never had a, I never had anything. I never going into it. I thought, Oh, I'll have everything figured out. I'll have a design. I'll execute. I got so slammed with the day to day tasks of just getting the business spun up, getting revenue coming in the door, getting things running again that were shut down. That every waking moment has been spent doing that. And I never got to it. And when that date, that deadline that I'd arbitrarily set for myself of black Friday hit, and I didn't have anything to show for it, and it meant I didn't have that that tool to help close the revenue gap. 
I realized I kind of repeated a lot of the mistakes I made last time I did the business where I just got so busy that like I just can't get to certain fundamentals. Have you been in this place where it's there's like you could work all day, all night, and there's always something more you could be doing to generate revenue? Yeah, you're never actually able to to move forward, right? Because you're always just treading water pedal 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 right treading water that's exactly what i was trying to say yeah did you develop is this like chris's great system of how to fix this problem well i i have i have been thinking about that um you know i realized in the past right this is this would be a delegating thing right i could delegate this task to somebody i i could maybe still do that i could maybe i could probably put a an ask out to the community and somebody would probably step up and and help me manage the swag and help me come up with i i just like to do like like a like a robe actually would be my favorite swag item right now like like an awesome like Coda Radio robe or something like that, but I just couldn't get it. I couldn't pull the trigger. I couldn't wrap my head around it. Where the crisis of faith really came in was, oh man, I've screwed it up again. I've overworked myself. I've got too many shows. I've got too much going on, and now I can't sit here and do these little projects that I always wanted to be able to do, and I've done it to myself all over again, and. I've begun thinking like maybe this is an impossible task. You know, maybe just trying to operate an operation with several shows that, you know, have all these moving pieces. It's more than just one person can do and I've screwed myself. And I have to just cancel everything and just do one podcast, you know, and I'll just put everything into that one podcast. Of course, the problem there is it's like, how do you... How do you pick? I love all my children. I love all my going to say, how do you pick your favorite child, right? <laughs> right. So what I realized really is, Actually, what I had done is sort of like what our our, write, our listener emailer Stephen had done is, or Shad, it was Shad. I had got in my head that I was going to do this thing. Nobody, nobody, I mean, like you guys were wondering, like you and some of the other co-hosts were like, hey, are we going to do swag? Like we should do swag again. And I told you guys like, yeah, I know it's my bad. You know, I feel really bad about it. But it was really just an arbitrary goal. It didn't really make or break anything like the, the sponsor contracts and the memberships are really unaffected. I, and I, I ended up doing a sale for the members. So I was able to do something there, which just from a from a business standpoint, it's fun to be able to do that because I haven't been able to do that for a while to say, OK, I'm going to do a Black Friday sale for the memberships. That was nice. And it felt like I did have some leverage there. But I realized I realized like the world continues on and I didn't reach those goals, but what I have come from that and walked away from is what I try to do now is two things that I feel like are helping me move forward. Curious to have any input you have on this, but number one is every day I try to have accomplished something that I'll feel good about. Like, um, you know, maybe it could be just as simple as putting together a quote for a particular sponsor that I've been, I've been back and forth with and I just finally get it over that, that final line. And that's like, okay, maybe it was just one thing, but I, that moved the ball forward for the business. Um, and then the second thing I'm trying to do, so one thing a day that moves the ball forward and just doing the shows don't count, even though that should, <laughs> but I've just set that line for myself. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing I try to do is uh, I try to, before I leave for the end of the day, I try to write anything down on a to-do list for the next day. So that way when I come in, I kind of already have it figured out what I need to do. Yes. So you have a morning planned. Yep. So I think I did screw up. I think you could look at it as a failure to execute swag, right? It was a revenue loss opportunity for the business. The community, after a couple of years, you know, could have, could have had some fun swag, didn't have something for the audience. The co-hosts wanted something. I didn't have something for the co-host. So I, I clearly screwed up there. But I don't know how to measure the the scale of the screw up. So I'm curious what your thoughts are. 
So it's tough because the other thing with swag is you have to be pretty careful, right? You don't want to always do the same thing. It has to be reasonable in terms of cost, but you don't want crap, right? Like I recently just did some TMB swag that I ended up not using because it was, you know, just a little too thin, right? A little too. Oh, yeah. I, I think we've definitely brought more items in and said no than we've ever. Yeah. Taking it away from swag in general. I mean, I do the same thing. At the end of the day, I write my first couple tasks for the next day. Um, but it's tough, right? You get emails, you get calls. There's all the businessy business side of things you have to do. That's yep. I, you know what? You got, it's easy to get derailed all the time. I don't have a good answer. I guess the how, how do I know how hard to beat up on myself about this? Because there has to be a line where I can't just let everything slide. But then at the same time, I can't obsess on individual failures like this, especially when like collectively everything else is going pretty well. Yeah, I wouldn't beat up on yourself at all, right? Like maybe just make a goal within the next whatever you will get, you know, we'll do some swag or something. What do you think of robes? Robes? Coda Radio robe, yeah. Like bathrobes or Jedi robes? Big old comfy bathrobe. Yes. Yeah, big old comfy bathrobe. You're working from home anyway. Why not work in the <laughs> bathtub? <laughs> you just imagine people putting on their bathrobes and thinking of our podcast. <laughs> oh, I bet they do when they take them off too. <laughs> I have gotten emails saying people listen in the shower, so. <laughs> Amazing. I do think, you know, it, it, there would have been a time, especially while we were a part of Linux Academy and a Cloud Guru, you know, I just would have, I would have had Cheese work on it. And Cheese just would have, you know, worked with Ange and I and the rest of the co-hosts, and we just would have had something banged out in a couple of days or maybe a couple of weeks. It doesn't move that easily anymore. And I have to be, I have to be okay with it because I don't think I want it to be a huge business. I would really like it to be, to be, to be large enough to support a few friends and family and myself. And I don't really need anything bigger than that. And so I don't want to have a five-person admin team or something like that. Right. And so I think I have to be okay with it. Yeah, I think you do. I think you just, at some point, it just becomes prioritizing the tasks and just coping with the fact that you're not going to be able to get everything done. So anyways, if anybody out there has a great robe design idea, chris at jupiterbroadcasting.com. <laughs> Put a radio hand towels, rubber duckies. <laughs> the opportunities are limitless. Hand towels wouldn't be bad, right? Hand towels wouldn't be bad. No, I got it. Compressed air. We could do another run of the coasters, too. True, with, with the, the new, new logo. logo. We haven't, yeah. The quote-unquote new logo that we've had for like <laughs> almost three years. <laughs> three or four years, yeah. <laughs> We're so old. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, and so ultimately, I've, I've decided that what I will do is I, I will try to keep myself in check, and I will try to be honest with the audience when I think I've I've reached a failure point. Um, And it's always going to be a, a sequence of readjusting, like... I'll admit I'm about to go out to the woods for a week. I'm taking my computers with me, and I actually, amazingly, I have incredible LTE connectivity out there, which is just just one of the gifts of the gods. I'm probably going to probably work at like 70% capacity. You know, maybe, maybe, yeah, probably about 70% capacity. So I also know, even though I just didn't have enough time to get that done, I'm also going to go take a little bit of, a little bit of me time at the same time, which is... This is the new part of how I would do things, whereas in the past, it was just a relentless marathon. And now it's like, okay, well, even though I know I'm not getting everything done, I want to get done, I still have to take time. So I'm going to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. In the woods, in my RV, living off solar. Does a coder code in the woods? You betcha. Yeah, and if one does, is it, and no one's there to hear it, does it truly matter if the code runs or not? Depends. Were they MX Blues? Because then someone definitely definitely heard them. <laughs> yeah, with RGB lights. <laughs> I'm going to be out there, and I'm going to be cooking, and I'm going to try to just 
get a bigger perspective on things because that's something I still struggle with a lot too is I get I get so down into the weeds that um, I can't really think beyond three days at a time and then I have I start having a really hard time planning I, I blew I this is this is really embarrassing actually <sighs> this happened this morning this is a safe space so this morning I had scheduled an interview with Hector Martin Hector Martin is the developer who got the Kinect working on Linux and ported Linux to the PlayStation 4 and has now launched a Patreon to port Linux to the M1. Awesome. So I had scheduled an interview with him. I thought, because I was so busy, I had scheduled it for tomorrow. But in fact, I had scheduled it for today. And to make matters worse, Hector's in Tokyo. <laughs> so. Oh, no. He was staying up very late to accommodate me. So I jump on Twitter to stalk you, and I get a private message from him saying, hey, are we still doing this? <laughs> very gracefully. He was very gracious about the whole thing. But uh, I just realized, like, because I had done that last week, I have this time compression, like, number aphasia thing that happens where I can't schedule beyond three days or I screw it up, even when I don't think I'm screwing it up. I think I'm being clear-headed, and but I just I mess it up. And... Uh, and that's the phase I got myself back into again recently. So I got to break out of that cycle. I got to get above the noise, which is why I try to go out to the woods, because I try to get above the noise and I try to get a handle on everything from a high-level perspective again and then kind of drop down like Mission Impossible style into the data center and solve the individual issues. We shall see. Yeah, anything you want to share with the class before we uh, skedaddle? Uh, no, I would say uh, if we can get Chris to buy at least two more keyboards, we will have completed our mission. <laughs> Bankrupting me through keyboards? That's right. <laughs> I know. And it's not really even like I should be spending the money right now, but uh, there is just something about these keyboards that spoke to me, spoke to me passionately. I had that, like I said, I had that thought process like, well, I, t I, I touch these every day. And this, this, uh, this keyboard right here is a T-Sports Thermal Take, the the case maker, like rebranded a keyboard, and it's called the Gaming Gear Combo Commander Keyboard that they've white label relabeled, and that's the keyboard I've been using for three years. So I figured it's time to replace it. You know, the studio should have some good quality clackle clack, and that way you can hear when I'm typing during the show. You'll get the full experience. That would be amazing. All right. Well, thank you to our Coder QA team out there who makes this show possible as well. The, I, you know, I'm still running the Black Friday sale. I think this will be the last week. Coupon code Black Friday. If you'd like to support the show, you get access to a limited ad feed. And, of course, you get the Coder Coderly report, which will be coming out soon. There's already one already published, and that's at CoderQA.co. And, of course, the new live time. Uh, which may, may or may not involve uh, this host uh, drinking, will be at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and then the show will kick off a half hour after that. And we encourage you to come out and hang out with your uh, fellow Coda Radio audience and commiserate. And uh, you may just inspire a topic of the show as well, and you get to help title it. So there's those things as well. You can find Mike on Twitter. He's at Dumanuko. His company is at The Mad Botter Inc. I'm at Chris Lasp. The whole dang podcast network is at Jupiter Signal, and the Coder Radio Show is at Coder Radio Show. You can follow that and get news announcements or updates or uh, new releases, that kind of stuff pertaining to the show. gets tweeted there. And, of course, links for everything that we talked about, which really wasn't much except for keyboards, <laughs> at Coder. <laughs> Coder.show slash 391. <laughs> this passes as a podcast? Jeez, I should do more of these. <laughs> You'll find our contact info there, our RSS feed and all of that. And then be sure to join us next Monday over at jvlive.tv. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Coder Radio Program. 
and get back to your day.